Welcome to the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Let's join our geeky hosts on this week's episode. And welcome to another episode of Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. The only podcast where the geeks drink, you listen, and tell us we're wrong. Or right. Or Matt tells you you're wrong. Only for the Xbox, people. <laughs> only for the Xbox. <laughs> and you're not wrong. You're just you're just console challenged. Uh-huh. Funny, funny, funny. <laughs> well, welcome back, folks, to week three of Joystick November. Yes, Joystick November. My name's Matt. My name's Adam. Be sure to follow us, like us, and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts at Have a Drink Some Geeks. And also follow us on social media at Geek Drink Pods. You can find us all social medias, even Twitter, if it hasn't crashed yet. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's going away pretty soon. But so, so we'll we'll post a tweet before it crashes. We promise. We don't want to pay for that blue check mark. We're done. No, no, our, we never had a subscriber, so we can't pay for our check mark. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we want to thank you guys for listening to the third week of Joystick November. We've already talked about the console wars and consoles versus PC. Last week we talked about Metal Gear Solid. But before we dive into this week's subject, we're going to talk about our drink of the week. Yes! Time to grab your beverage and join along as the geeks discuss the drink of the week. drink of the week this week adam go ahead and introduce it for us uh it's a uh, cherry lime sour from pike's peak brewing company um never never tried this one before but hey i'm i'm adventurous i like it i hope i wonder if they brew this at the top of the mountain that would be lovely you know That'd be awesome yeah it's when it snows in and you're just can't get your beer and you're like i guess i'm gonna stay up here and drink <laughs> yeah might as well yeah well <laughs> all right well cheers, cheers. brother Oh, you know, it's not as sour as I expected. It's not, but it, it definitely has like that. You can taste that, the lime. You can taste that lime. It gives you a little tartness to it. And so. I think the cherry helps with a little tartness in that too. Yeah, but it's delightful. Yeah, I, I drink. Good job, Bikes Peak. Yeah, I, I would drink more of that. I probably will. <laughs> Send us money if you, if you want. Or beer. Or beer. I, we're easy. We're, um, I'm, yes, <laughs> we are very easy. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, it's time for week three of Joystick November. That means we're going to talk about our game this week. And before I let Adam Adam introduce it, the reason we're doing this game is, I think for Adam, you said it was kind of a game that really got you into gaming a lot more. Um, I mean, it definitely did. I mean, like, I always, like, I played, I played everything from Halo, Call of Duty, blah, 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 like, all those games. But, um... This one was kind of one of the big ones that, like, got me interested in, like, an entire franchise of gaming. Yeah. So. So, that being said, guys, it's time for our topic of the week. What are the geeks going to talk about this week? Alrighty, folks. So, um, the game that we're talking about this week, or the franchise we're talking about this week, is the Mass Effect franchise. So, a little bit of a mixed bag. Um from some people, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, one of those games that I was always super amazed and, uh, proud to play. And the lore, the, the lore behind it is amazing. So, um, kind of how, like, Matt let me do this, uh, with, or I let Matt do this with Metal Gear, um, because he had played more Metal Gear than I have. I think I... Am right to say that you've I've played more? Mass yeah, Effect. I've only played the first one. I played it when it first came out in two thousand seven, eight ish. Yeah, it kind of came out around um, that time. Like, and I kind of just by the time the second one came out, I was I was just finished. I had already finished college. I'd moved back to Denver. I was working full time, so I had a, I wasn't into gaming as much as I wanted to be mm-hmm. um, with those kind of titles. But um, the first game, I mean, I really liked the first game. I thought it was visually, you know, it's built on the Unreal Three engine. Um, which a lot of games at that time were, but I mean, it was a great engine. 
Oh yeah, it, it was a workhorse. <laughs> it is. I mean, everyone used it. Yeah, I mean, look what they're doing with Unreal Engine five now or six. Oh yeah, geez, I saw a uh, thing of like someone tried to do or they're doing Skyrim in yeah Unreal five and it looks well. They really cool. I mean, that's what they're doing with Mandalorian. They're producing mm-hmm. their visual effects in the Unreal Engine, and so I mean, I think visually it was a great game, and I enjoyed it because. Excuse me, that beer hit. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I am a sci-fi junkie. I I like, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, Battlestar. And it kind of felt like, to me, the game, especially the first game, with the lore they're building and, and the way, the visuals and, and the story, it felt like it was a... The developers were trying to take on a Star Trek meets Battlestar feel. Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely, I think, they tell uh or they say a lot that it's kind of that space opera if you will um and i mean they just uh i thought this was a great like initial um story to kind of start with because it's like you're pretty much a blank slate you get to pick who your commander shepherd is yeah i thought that was really cool i mean that's something you didn't get a lot of especially in the first in that in that era of the gaming, especially in the mid two thousands, late mm-hmm. twenty early twenty tens, you don't get a lot of. I'm the main character, and I get to pick the your gender. Ma- your gender, your and it changes look. everything. You, the only time I've seen that recently, I would say, is like the Assassin's Creed games, the past two, because you got to pick your gender, and it and it if it doesn't really affect the story too much, but it's. It, it changes something. Yeah, but one of the things, and I, I will get into this, I mean, like, throughout, not only do you get to pick your gender and what you look like and all your choices throughout the game, but you get to pick kind of your backstory. So there were, I believe, like, three kind of things of, like, oh, you were either the lone survivor, the war hero, or, and you can pick kind of, like, where you came from and it was and all these decisions that you make throughout the game uh carry over to the next game yeah so it it gives you a lovely um sense of kind of continuity um even though it's kind of like yeah it's a kind of you you pick what you want to do but you could like you can see characters that um, you chose to save in later games. You could choose, like, um, one of the big examples that I loved was uh, the the Rex um, dilemma towards the end, is uh, you can either, if you didn't have as much, like, um, persuade points, um, you could either hawk him down from a situation and save him, or one of your people like one of your squad mates will kill him and so it, it but if you save him then you see him in the next game and the next game and it's i loved how everything kind of like carried over um so let me ask you about that adam because since i like i said i only played the first game is it if as long as you had that save file yeah. present but if you didn't it just kind of what it would well, do yeah i mean i, I have no idea because <laughs> i I did, like, I guess you can, like, I believe because um, the first Mass Effect was uh, originally exclusive to Xbox. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember it got ported over, I think, a year later to PS3. Something like that, and then they brought, um, when Mass Effect 2 came out, that was when EA had had purchased Bioware. So they had, like, a thing where you could, like, get caught up on stuff and make certain decisions um, based on that. And that was kind of like what you could do before you played. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it definitely like benefits if you can start from the beginning and let all that go through. And like the first Mass Effect was a really great um, RPG. And I, I don't know, Matt, are you really into I RPGs? I am now, especially as I've gotten older. I'm less into the... <laughs> old men now. Yeah, well, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> just because the gray's starting to show doesn't mean I'm an old. I'm just seasoned, Adam. I'm yes. seasoned. Yes. Um, no, I I mean, I liked, I like RPGs. I've always liked them. Um, I'm not a big MMORPG fan. Like, yeah. I, I'm not a World of Warcraft fan. I, I not, just can't not get into really, those. But... Um, but I like it because it, you gotta have some control of your character versus, 
here's the story. You follow this. You follow this route. Your character gets more powerful just because how how it happens in game. Yeah. You get to spend points. I've always enjoyed that because, you know, it the way you play is is how you design your points, and it makes your game easier in some aspects and challenging in some aspects. So I yeah. I enjoy that because I can make my own challenge. Yeah, and you can also like pick and choose certain traits. Like for instance, if you want to play as like a, a sniper character or you know like a brutish tank character like you can you can really pick and choose and i think bioware was always really good at that and i don't know i mean again they're kind of their recent games haven't been as successful no they haven't been unfortunately um i do know that they um built out you know mass effect as a as the legendary edition, the complete trilogy, yes, and they expanded so, it for the for the yeah, last generation of consoles. Yeah, that is out now on um, current generation and the previous yeah. generation. But if you can play it on the current generation, I think it runs a little faster. Um, so uh, if you haven't played the game, like please do. And like the one thing I always will stress with uh, with Bioware is the lore behind yeah and that's i did enjoy the lore and that's kind of why i now you know especially after we talked about this before before the podcast and and now as we talk about it i definitely want to pick it up and and replay the first game and go through two and three yeah um well i would start yeah replay start, one yeah, yeah i'm gonna <laughs> and replay one, go two cause... and three so you can carry your shepherd over <laughs> um but uh no it's they bioware has always been a company that really has pushed the boundaries of like oh we want to build like a universe we want to build the lore behind everything um and uh i think the kind of the anniversary i think they call it the what the anniversary or legendary edition or Mm -hmm. something like that um it it's a pretty good remaster um i mean there's still some stuff like i will say like first off like mass effect one definitely plays more kind of more like an rpg um there are some kind of it can be a little clunky at times and then mass effect 2 kind of dialed back the rpg elements and made it a little bit more action oriented and then mass effect 3 kind of brought back in some of those rpg elements kind of melding them and then andromeda is a whole other can of worms, but um, <laughs> I played it. I played it, and I I, I finished it. it. It's fine. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I can't fault you on that because there's some some of the Assassin Creed's main series games where it's just like yeah. I played it. Yeah, it was there. Yeah, I just felt with Andromeda like, and we're not going to go into too much detail on Andromeda other than like it's okay, and I liked the fact that. You had a lot more freedom of movement. Okay. You had a lot more, like, a lot more open worlds. You had a lot more exploration options. But I don't think it had, like, the story that we all were kind of hoping um, from that. Um, so it's, like, it's not just that, like, oh, yeah, that, well, like, Commander Shepard was, like, a perfect like protagonist because it's like really they were a, a blank slate and like however you build that character man woman you can pick who you romance you could pick yeah all your choices you could be paragon you could be renegade you there was so much like options you know what's funny about the renegade now you talk about it and in, in leading up to the talking about today's episode I did a little bit more research about the, the various classes and stuff yeah. like that, and I think I was reading somewhere the developers talking about Renegade, and how through all playthroughs of the games, eight percent of people use Renegade story. Oh really? I thought like gamers were assholes <laughs> a lot of time and would pick that. Like I always went the Paragon route just because it's like I tried to base the character on myself. But I did do some funny stuff. Um, one of the things I would do on, like, other playthroughs, um, I would make my Commander Shepard look 
hideously ugly. Like, I think I made him look like he had like a face of a turtle at some point. And then I just thought it was hilarious when you're like in these romance scenes and everyone's wanting to get with you. You're like, this guy is hideous. But it was that was more just funny. We're gonna have to talk about those hookup scenes in the hot takes. I have have a comment about that. Okay, yeah, Um, we can definitely do that. But you know, one thing I, I. I like about those kind of stories is, you know, yeah, it ends the same way more or less. Obviously, some choices change it, tweak it a little bit. But I do enjoy, and we talked about that last week a little bit with Metal Gear, how you kind of get to pick how you play the game. Yes. It's not a platformer. It's not a A to B to C to D. Gets you all it's to definitely Z. not on rails. <laughs> yeah. And, and, that, and I think that was a little, maybe why I didn't play the second game so much was the first one definitely, I didn't expect that at the time. Because you mm. didn't see that a lot. In in gaming, yeah, you you know you didn't have a lot of these. You had some RPGs, but you didn't have these RPGs that were so just choices are everywhere. Yeah, and yeah. now and and now is a game where I can say that I don't care what choice I make. I just want to play and have fun, and enjoy it. But that the gamer in me then was like, I want to make every choice and see the results, and yeah. I want to make sure this is the right choice. Yeah, and it gives me one hundred percent completion, and I. Yeah, like I, I, I was too AD. I was too anal retentive for that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I remember um, playing uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion for the first time, and that was like one of the first games that I like hundred percent it. Like did everything. I played through it multiple times. I loved it to death. And same thing with Skyrim. We can make a joke about how many versions of Skyrim. Oh are yeah, out. But. Um, but yeah, no. They've been one per version since the Capcom. Yeah, pretty much. But, um, but no, I, I really, I, I loved the fact that you could change kind of certain things. Like, yeah, it's like you, you knew the, the Geth and Saren were yeah. kind of the big threat, and that, that actually, like, I guess I, I don't want to say it's a hot take, but I, I, en- I kind of enjoyed the Geth as a villain character because they were like they're they're ai machines Mm -hmm. blah 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 and they were kind of spooky like being able to like put someone on these on those like spike things and turn them into these husks and all that but then um they kind of throughout the games the geth becomes a little less more like they become less of a villain and you kind of also begin to sympathize with them, which is great for storytelling because, I mean, you learn more about, like, the Quarians, like, kind of oppressing their individuality and all this stuff. And so I really, I liked those sort of things. Mm -hmm. Um, The collectors, I felt, in the second game were not, didn't feel like such a threat, but when you kind of realize that, oh, hey, they're part of, they're, they've been indoctrinated by the Reapers. And, uh, uh, sorry, spoilers. <laughs> Which, but the game's been out for... Yeah, I think they, they've been out that. for a while. But, um, uh, like, you find out that these, they've been indoctrinated, much like the Geth, and they're being used by the Reapers. Um, but when it got to... Um, Mass Effect 3, I think that opening, which uh, you have not seen. No. Um, you're kind of, your Commander Shepard's like being, because in the second, um, in the second game, you, you join forces with Cerberus, which was a, uh, human focused sort of black ops group that splintered away from the, the Alliance and you join forces with this guy called the Elusive Man. Um, so, in effect, you're kind of becoming a criminal um, because, like, your Commander Shepard is part of the Alliance military okay. um, in the first game. And uh, you kind of, if you play it a certain way, you come out as a hero. But being kind of working with Cerberus kind of affects your certain relationships with even other characters, even from the first game. But um, the third game kind of has you almost uh, on trial um, for um, doing that. You're kind of on on trial for crimes. 
and then all of a sudden the Reapers attack Earth and decimate it. And your whole thing is you're trying to just get off planet, but um, everything is just blowing up around you. You have just a pistol. You're trying to get to your ship. Um, you're trying to... And then the whole game, um, in the third one, um, you do a lot of uh, trying to uh, build up a resistance against this, like, oncoming threat. Um, okay. And uh, they even mm. had, like, a lot of... Uh, sort of like... almost They had, like, a, a multiplayer option um, during that time where you could earn kind of, like, points by doing kind of these multiplayer missions and stuff like that. It was kind of you and a couple other players against other, like, AI stuff. Um, but it kind of, it all connected to your game, huh. which I thought was uh, was kind of fascinating at the time. I mean, it got a lot, like, a little repetitive, and um, you had these stupid loot boxes, which I always hate. It's because EA. Yeah, I mean, so it's like the whole episode about EA and their loot boxes. Yeah, you can purchase the loot box and get and level up faster, but I, I never like I went in any of the. I spent sixty bucks in the game. I don't need to spend more. Yeah, unless it's a DLC that is worth it. Oh, and that's the thing that they did with. uh, They did have single player DLC, which is something you don't see anymore. I mean, very rarely. It's it's ridiculous because I'm like I I played through um, the new Halo game and I'm almost like oh you could have an amazing like this is perfect setup for single player DLC but they're not they do nothing yeah the only the only games I know of currently that are doing DLC still stuff are Assassin's Creed they still have stories and even I think Valhalla just finished year two and they they announced the last DLC is coming out. I'm like, it's a two-year-old game, and they're still like, okay, here's the next DLC that we're doing for it, which I I mean, I appreciate that kind of stuff. No, but absolutely. It's a story, like, and it's, a, like I said, a worthwhile DLC. It's not one of yeah. these Fortnite DLCs where it's like, I got a new costume and a dance move. Yeah, and like, buy a battle pass, and, and I, I... And you'll I, get more rewards for spending yeah. more money. No, I, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, no, um, I, I just, I appreciate the fact that Bioware took the time to create like story and, and even like very canon yeah. story, like even like the Leviathan mission in uh, Mass Effect 3 was very like you learn more about the Reapers, you learn a lot more about like where they came from. And <laughs> I I always appreciated that. And then um so it's it's just hard because I think like whenever they shoehorn a multiplayer game into the single player it you know kind of messes with everything um but uh yeah no i and i i also wanted to kind of mention the soundtrack of mass effect 3 so i guess they kind of forget who um did the first two um mass effect games but they brought in uh clint mansell uh for the third game to help do the soundtrack and it is just phenomenal. Like, I will sit there and listen to that, and it just hits you in the chest. Like, it is powerful. And, yeah, it's a little bit of a departure from what was previously done, but it just, it, it works. It just really works. I don't know. Maybe bringing in sometimes, like, a, a cinematic, like, composer, because I think Clint Mansell did... Uh, some Darren Aronofsky films like uh, The Fountain. Okay. Um, which also has an amazing soundtrack. If you haven't listened to it, please do. It's delightful. Um, but yeah, they... Uh, but then, yeah, they just bring in... Um, bringing in, like, real quality talent. For they do. Those. I mean, you look, in, you look at who um, voices Shepard in the first... In the games... You've got, you know, Jennifer Hill's outstanding voice artist. We talked about her last week in in the Metal Gear series because she was in Metal Gear 1 and 4. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, Mark uh, Mark Muir. um, I'm not as familiar with some of the stuff he's done. I know I've heard of him. I've heard his voice. 
I'll look him up real quick. Yeah. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite story in the <laughs> Citadel. Let's see. Star he's Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Oh. Yeah, Jade Empire. Yeah, Dragon Age. I played those worlds. Yeah, it's, he's, he's a Bioware, like, regular. He's a Bioware whore. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's a horrible thing to do, but even, like, they bring in, like, Seth Green. Yeah, um, I remember uh, Joker, they bring in... Um, Oh gosh, who was the lady that uh she was from Battlestar Galactica? She Katie was, Sackhoff. No, no. The the blonde what did what did they call it? No, it was she was the Starbuck? No, no, it was uh she's she's the blonde synth. Oh, um Caprica. Um I can't think of her name as okay. an actress. Okay, well I know you're talking about though. I know she's delightful and she does a great job voice, voicing Edie. Oh, um, there you go. Uh, Trisha Helfer. Trisha Helfer. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, she's... Anyone who's also watched Battlestar in the late 90s, early 2000s knows who Trisha Helfer is. Yeah, and she also did, uh, I believe she did voice overwork for, like, Halo ODST. Yeah. Um, as well. But, um, no, every, like, they, they got such great talent for, for everything, and you feel everything for this uh for the story um so i guess uh are we yeah let's go ahead and want to talk about the romance stuff yeah let's move to our hot takes real quick adam okay hot takes what are they going to say this week So, you know, um, my first hot take is going to be that Adam just spoiled games three and f- or two and three for me. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, folks. Games have been out for, yeah. for a long time. No, no, I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, you know, the romance stuff. I personally didn't have uh, any issues with the romance um, aspects of the game, whether you were, uh, whether, no matter which version of Shepard you played. Yeah. I had an issue with people who had an issue with it. Oh, yeah. So, like, oh, my God. You know, A, you're not showing anything. They're not... You see, like, a butt or a boob. Yeah, but, I mean, you're not seeing... It's not like it's an X-rated... Yeah. You're seeing penetration kind of game, anything. It's more of a... I think people just got upset because there could be guy on guy. There could be girl on girl. And it's just like, who gives a crap? It's a video game. Yeah, or if you don't want to see an alien, yeah, or a girl on him. If you don't want to see a guy and guy in a video game, don't play it. You have a choice. Well, or you could just not make that choice. I remember um, Jeff Keeley um, went on the news uh, back when Mass Effect first came out because there were a bunch of people like mothers being like, "Oh my gosh, this is so perversive. This is so terrible," and he was just like. The first question he asked this person who was like arguing against him was like, "Have you actually played the game?" And she was like, "Of course not." <laughs> and then he's goes on to say, "It's like it's a romance scene that's done very tastefully. Yeah, um, it's not like perverse. It's not violent. It's just two people like or however you want to describe it, like connecting and so." I always think of that when people talk smack about the romance scenes. I'm like, I always appreciate Jeff Keighley. And by the way, you're probably not listening, Jeff Keighley. But, hey, man, I really appreciate everything you said in that interview. And it was probably so rough because I think they kept cutting you off and all that. And it was very frustrating. But I do appreciate everything you did because you really did stick up for the artistic nature of video games. Yeah. Um, cause it's, it, like I said, it was not like obscene. It was <laughs> just part of the story. Well, and, and let me tie into what you just said there. Video games, art form or no? Oh, complete art form. Okay. Thank you. Like, I mean, it, it's playable art, but I mean, it is, it is, it's interactive art is like, I mean, 
it's it's almost like kind of maybe the most interesting kind of art form there is because you are interacting with it. You're making choices. You're making decisions. Yeah. Whereas like, yeah, you watch a movie that can be art, but yeah. you're more kind of on, on a ride. Okay. No, I agree with you 100%. Because but it's like, this is where you're controlling the yeah. ride. I agree with you because I think, you know, artistically, you've got to have the visuals. You've got to have the music. You've got to have the story. Oh, yeah. Um, And it's all just, I think it is. Um, and this is a hot take for me. I think a lot of people who are gamers like us agree that video gaming is an art form. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's it takes a lot of creative people, people way more talented creatively and technically than I am, to come up with these stories. Yeah. No, and I think uh, Bioware's always been great at storytelling. Um, like I said, it's been kind of hit or miss these uh, this sort of last few games like i mean i don't think anthem really had much going on for it but in the same vein it's like you could say bungie didn't give you a lot of story with yeah um destiny um you no you had to like, get all the dlcs yeah and, and, or like get the grimoire like yeah. cards and that's how you got it all but it's like oh they definitely like bungie always delivered with halo where it was like oh you're getting so much out of it um but Bioware, like, I mean, they did the Knights of the Old Republic games. They yep. did Jade Empire, which, by the way, Bioware, I would love a sequel to Jade Empire. That would be great, because that game was fun as hell. Never played that one. Oh, it was great. Nathan Fillion, like, plays like oh, this. Oh, there like, you go. That's, you sold it already. <laughs> he play, well, he's only in it for, like, a little bit. He plays, like, this, like, stuck-up, like, student at the beginning who's like... <laughs> you're not treating me good and I'm going to challenge you to a fight. And then you just kick his ass. But, um, but please like Bioware, I would love another Jade empire. That would be delightful. It's it. that That's another game. If you guys have the ability <laughs> to play it, like find it somewhere. It's a little complicated, like to learn like a different sort of style yeah. of RPG. Cause I think, like, I think, Actually, uh, Knights of the Old Republic was probably one of my first experiences with RPGs. Uh, RPG yeah. and it wasn't Paper Mario RPG. No, no, mm -hmm. I didn't play that one. That one was a fun one. Yeah, but no, I I think yeah, Knights of the Old Republic, the original, like the first one was my first experience, and then I played the the second one, which was made by um, Obsidian, yep. which is uh, now owned by Microsoft. So cool <laughs> um so we're gonna see some cool rpg stuff coming from them um so adam what what's give me a hot take for you on, on mass effect I, so i guess like my hot take is just sort of they lost a little bit of their way with mass effect andromeda which okay. is the most recent update and i know they they announced that there's another one coming out and but um they also, it felt like the ending of Mass Effect 3, everyone says, was, like, so convoluted. Um, you had, like, three options that you could pick from. None of them were fantastic. Um, it's either you sacrifice yourself or merge with all synthetic life or blah, blah, blah. And it's just sort of everything, like, felt little limited with that ending okay and then mass effect andromeda like kind of also felt a little limiting because you're kind of you have to kind of go on a certain path and even though you had this whole open universe to explore there was definitely like a path you had to trudge okay and so it's kind of i i appreciated the first mass effect game for being like pure rpg and i love the mako that i guess is a hot take i loved that thing it defied physics it was funny <laughs> um but i i felt like you definitely i felt more like everything was a little bit more open in the first game um and then the other games limited things in terms of exploration in terms of choice in terms of a lot of things so okay yeah, I guess it like so. Hot take. 
I like the Mako. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you, you know, at least from the, my knowledge of the first game very much, do you feel like it's a trudge on classic storytelling of good versus evil and we're trying to break the cycle because the cycle happens, I think, in the game they said every, what, 20, 30,000 years? This, yeah, something like continue. that. Like the, that's so, when the Reapers come back. Yeah, so do you feel like this is a a rehash of, of those kind of stories where, you know, you had the Matrix around the same time where it's like, you know, Neo is the one, but we've had six of the ones, and he just resets the Matrix, and we start over until the next cycle's over. Well, if you want to compare it to the Matrix, it's sort of kind of like this actually, you get an opportunity to reset it, because uh, the, like, the previous civilization that came before yeah, everyone was, yeah. the, was the Protheans. Okay, that's right. And... um. They and they thought like, oh yeah, everyone thought that they built the mass relays. They like they built the citadel. Turns out they didn't. Um, it was all built by the reapers and all that. But it's sort of like these civilizations kind of banding together and celebrating like their differences. It's like if you look at the the Asari, they're very peaceful. Like. Kind of don't want to rock the boat. Look at the Turians. They're very aggressive, like military, like militaristic. Um, and then you have the Solarians that are very like scientific and quick-witted. And then you have the humans who join the, the council um, after the first game, um, who are kind of a blend of all three. But um, you also have these other races like the Hanar, the Batarians, although, all, like, so you have tons of, I think that it's all these races using their strengths to break that cycle was compelling and interesting. Okay. Um, because, yeah, it's like, you, you do see, like, good and evil, blah, 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 but you can also just be like, oh, hey, like, let's all work together is, I think, the ultimate thing is, like, trying to find some unity okay um and it's like yeah we're we're all different races and we're just gonna and we're gonna punch through it and we're gonna do our best to to stop this because like uh, the protheans were close to defeating the reapers and like you find that out in the third game but weren't able to do it um and it's like the Protheans were like the the ruling ra- like the only race that that was super spacefaring and all that. They had all these colonies. They used the mass relays, all that. But having like this sort of my like melding of species and minds, yeah, I thought was always pretty cool. And then even like I mean, yeah, you can romance a Asari, you can romance a Turian, you can romance a Quarian. You can romance Adam's turtle guy. Yeah, there we go. But <laughs> but um, it's sort of like it. It's the idea. I think, and you um, you see this a little bit more also in in Star Trek. It's kind of like all these societies and different yeah. races and different species working together. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what kind of turned me on to the first game. It was. Like I said, it was kind of like a Star Trek meets Battlestar Galactica feel. Yeah. And the universe had that dingier Battlestar feel, but it had that optimism a little bit of the Star Trek feel. So Yeah. Um, no, I agree with you, Adam, there. Um, let's go ahead and move on to our conclusions here, Adam. You know, um, I guess from my part, I guess I'll talk about for from my from playing the first game and, and playing and hearing you talk about two and three in Andromeda. Um you know, from when I played it, I, like I said, it, it really was one of the first times we played an RPG on the on the on the PlayStation Three on the Xbox. Was it one? Yeah, yeah. It came out on uh, the Xbox Three Sixty. There we go. Was the first Mass Mass Effect yeah. game, and then I believe then when they released Mass Effect Two, it came out on like PS Three. And yeah, um, and then uh, Mass Effect Three, I believe, came out on PS Three. And then, yeah, they kind of, like... And then, they were all in that same cycle. Yeah, they yeah. kind of were all in that same generation of okay of stuff. So, and, you know, it was you didn't see that a lot, you know. But we started getting more of that computing power with those consoles. Yes. Um, 
I, I enjoy the fact, and I'm definitely going to have to pick it up now, the fact that you talked about how choices you made in game one will affect game two and the save file move to game three. And so mm-hmm. I think that's really a unique thing that have, you don't see in games anymore. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, hearkening back to last week's conversation about Metal Gear Solid, there is two endings um, in the first game. One, you save Otacon. One, you save Meryl. The correct ending is saving Meryl. Because Otacon is, they're both in the next, in, the, in future games. So at some point, you've got, both endings are valid, and I guess it doesn't matter who you save, because they're both going to live. But you really didn't have those kind of choices in games, where the choices I make in game one will affect the next game I play this. Yeah, and like, that that was always something that was interesting. It's like, yeah, certain characters that, um, like in the first game, like, there's a big choice between um, saving Caden or Ashley, and... If you saved one or the like, whoever you decide to save, will carry on through the next two games. Even though like yeah. Caden and Ashley weren't, they appear in the second game. Mm-hmm. If depending on who you saved, um, but they're not a part of your squad. But then in the third game, they become part of your squad. So it's like you. It's very interesting um, to see like. The choices you make, like who you elect to be part of, uh, like the okay. senator for the humans, like on the council. Okay. Um, who you, yeah, who you decide to save, who you decide to leave behind. Um, if you piss off someone, <laughs> I mean, even like there's like a scene where there's like a reporter that you interact with a lot. Um, and then, um, you can like punch her in the face in the third game. And there's like a, this uh, Conrad Werner, um, who is like the super fan of Shepard. Um, you can kind of pick how you interact with him and it, okay. it affects throughout the entire series. And so it's kind of nice to be like, especially if you play kind of all three in a row, you kind of feel like, yeah, it's a story carries through and, yeah, certain things happen. Like, yeah, the Geth attacked the Citadel. The Collectors attacked this. The Reapers are attacking. Um, and the basic plot points carry over. Okay. But how you interact with characters and what you choose to do does affect your playthrough. And okay. I think in the second game, you can even get the horrible ending if you, like fail everything you die (laughs) and then i I don't know how it they kind of retcon that for the third one because i always like strive to get the perfect ending but all right yeah so give me give me your last conclusion on mass effect um beautiful universe beautiful storytelling um i almost think they should have maybe Figured out a better way to end Mass Effect 3. Um, okay. And that might have put, like, a nice little button on the series. And you could be like, and eh, we are done. Like, kind of how I felt Logan. Yeah. And it put, ended him. Put a yeah. good little thing on, like, Wolverine is done. But they're apparently coming back. But anyway, but I felt like if they did that a little better, that would be great. And then... The whole idea of doing Andromeda was interesting because um, they were like, oh, we can do something different. Yeah, and they said it so far in the future of the series that... Well, yeah, it's kind of like the whole thing with Andromeda is like, it. I guess like all these ships left for the Andromeda galaxy and it was right around the time of the second game. So they don't know about the Reapers. They don't know about all this stuff. But because it takes so long to travel, a lot of them went into cryostasis, and now they wake up, and it's like hundreds and hundreds of years later. But they have no communication with... Yeah, they've had no idea what happened. Yeah, Yeah, so it's just that they're kind of on their own um, and being pioneers. And so I was like, oh, that could be interesting. Um, I just felt like... None of the characters really connected with me in that one. <laughs> like, it's okay, I, I didn't care about a lot of people in that, and so I was like, eh. 
but I did like the exploration. I liked the freedom of movement. Like you could do these like cool like jumps and mm-hmm. you had your own version of the Mako. I forget what it was called in Andromeda, but you could drive around and explore and survey and do do all these things that was kind of fun, but they just it, the story didn't connect with me. So I think Bioware, you guys did great on the trilogy. I almost feel like that should have been it. Like, just, we're done. (laughs) Like, we made Mass Effect. This is our thing. We're done. All right, fair enough. But I I still want you guys to make games. Just make them a little better. (laughs) Fair enough, Adam. So I think we've talked pretty good. And now talking about Mass Effect makes me want to play it. And I definitely want to pick it up. Yeah. Um, but let's go ahead. That anniversary edition, it's uh, yep, it's well worth it. We so with uh with Mass Effect being in the, in in our discussion today, give me a new geek wreck of the week. Since I'm already going to say I want to play Mass Effect, I have to pick something different now. Okay. It's time for the geek wreck of the week. What are the geeks going to recommend? Uh, I actually started watching a show on Netflix called uh, 1899. It's uh from the group that did um the show dark on netflix as well okay um you can watch it with subtitles or you can watch it dubbed um because i think it's danish or mm-hmm. I, I can't remember but um yeah i started watching that and it's kind of a cool like mystery um like almost bermuda triangle e i mean it was thing. a giant triangle on the on the screen yeah, on the, yeah, the yeah. <laughs> You think it's it's just very fascinating and um especially like if you're like even if you're not really into the horror movies or anything like that it's not it's spooky okay <laughs> but it's not like jump scare or like rah. it's it's suspense it's it's very suspenseful okay. um and like a real mystery so um i definitely would recommend that so 1899 on netflix all right Awesome. I am going to, I, I, like I said, I saw, when we talked today, I saw the preview for it and it's like, okay, it's on my list now. Yeah. So I'm glad that we were on the same page with that. So my geek record of the week just came out last week. I'm going to talk about it. I'm not going to spoil it. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I have not seen it yet. So please, please do not spoil it. No, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to tell you, you know, that Chadwick Boseman's alive or dead. He's definitely dead yeah okay that's sad yeah it is so i will say this for the movie they did a good job paying tribute to him they did a good job moving the story further along without him mm-hmm. um and without it feeling like man they should recast him i'm glad they, did, they didn't um i will say if you like the first black panther you'll like the second one it's not as good but i don't think it's ever gonna be you can never have one as good because that was so unique and so unexpectedly good yeah that that's one thing i uh, when i went into the original the first black panther i did i was very like it was i just didn't no like you'd seen him in in civil war and like okay interesting character yeah but and then it was like oh this is a really good movie yeah and it's a great story great characters great interaction i liked the guy they played namor the bad guy okay um I as as a don't as, they have like a special like yeah they, instead of the the thing they just have this little they palm do, and like yeah, yeah and um I like how they describe his origins and it sets up more future because isn't MCU technically stuff. like Namor a mutant yep and they say that so. they go they go well you you how come you're so long living he's like well I was a mutant oh. and that's that's all they talk about but it was really cool it's like I was just like yes <laughs> here we go. We'll see, like, hopefully we get a little bit more X-Men stuff coming up. Yeah. I think they may have accidentally confirmed that, uh, that, uh, what is his name? The guy who's going to play Professor X. Oh, yeah. um, Who was in Breaking Bad and... Um, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah. So... Well, and they talked about, and this is not really a spoiler because who knows what happens. They said the ending of... Avengers 6 will have a portal-like scene from characters throughout the multiverse. Mm-hmm. So you may see return of old characters. Yeah. The Fox X-Men, who knows? But 
Patrick um, Stewart got killed <laughs> in the multiverse. Well, that was one version of him. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. So, I mean, my record of the week is Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Yeah. I think it was excellent. A little fun fact, the gentleman who played um, Namor learned how to swim for this and learned to speak Mayan. That's so, cool. I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, I, I don't know how you don't know how to swim, but that's... Uh... Yeah, I, I I will I will, I think I will leave your, that comment. Your one year old daughter knows how to swim better. Like, yeah, already kind of knows. Yeah, she yeah, yeah, she does. So you know, I I recommend Wakanda Forever for people to watch. All right, all right. Well, that wraps us up this week for week three of Joystick November. Yes, Joystick November. Um, you know, it's been it's been a fun month talking about some video games. Yeah, and so next week we will have a um. We won't pick a subject in terms of franchise. We'll talk about a certain kind of family game that everyone plays. Or we're going to have an expert yeah, on. We, we, we're finally going to have a guest. Yes. That is an expert on something. Yes, we, something. <laughs> something. We're, we're, we're not sure what it is yet, but we'll find out next week, guys. Yes. Right. Well, be sure to follow us, like us, listen to us on all our major podcast platforms. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think of Mass Effect or of any previous episodes. Let us know what video game franchise really speaks to you. Um, whether it's Mass Effect, whether it's Metal Gear, whether it's whatever video games. Assassin's, Assassin's Creed, Creed, Halo. Halo, Mario. Um, yeah, just let us know. We're, Matt, we're, I'm trying to think of another franchise. I just couldn't think of one. Well, I mean Zelda. Zelda. I mean, any of those franchises. Whatever speaks to you. Keep going. But <laughs> Let us know, because chances are we pl- probably played them, because we've been playing video games for longer than I've had a beard. Yeah, ever since I can remember, I've been playing video games. Yeah. So, Where's my new Star Fox? <laughs> That's what I want. No, you can never beat Star Fox 64. Star oh, Fox 64 is a good one. But I, I always say I would love another Star Fox game, like, on the Wii or the Switch. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Well, thanks again, folks. Follow us on social media at Geek Drink Pod, um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter while it's there, maybe. Who yeah. knows? I could probably hit the end on this recording, and it's probably down. Who knows? Yes. <laughs> Elon's a crazy bastard. He, he definitely is. Make sure you're hardcore, Adam. Mm-hmm. Go work hardcore. You you work work hard and put in the long hours. <laughs> Story for another time. Yes. All right. Well, thanks again, folks. You guys have a great week. All right. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Tune in next week to see what our geeky host will discuss next week. Goodbye.